You're listening to The Design Hustle Show. The Design Hustle Show is all about providing tips, tricks, and best practices regarding marketing and design for your hustle. No matter whether you're an entrepreneur, small business, or a corporation, you'll find something you can use to help your growing business. Each episode, I'll have colleagues from the marketing and design industry to share what they know and how you can use it for your situation. We'll talk in depth about what they do and how they do it. It's great stuff, and it's stuff you can use. Episode 2 of the Design Hustle Show covers plugins you need to have on your WordPress site, as well as some really great design resources. I welcome my friend Jesse Nicoli, a front-end web developer and graphic designer who has design agency experience and is great at finding better, faster ways to do things design-wise. Today we're going to talk about plugins and design resources that everyone should be using. We discuss plugins that we think that every WordPress site should have and how to get the best use out of them. Jesse explains what he likes and why he uses plugins like Yoast for SEO and WordFence for website security. We also talk about services like Google Analytics that coincide with some of these plugins and why they're important. Jesse also shares some of his go-to design resources for graphics, images, and more. So I'm here talking with my friend Jesse Nicoli um, about WordPress plugins, design resources, and uh, the like. So we're going to start out with WordPress uh, plugins. Um, Jesse. Yep. What do you like? What do you think everyone needs on their WordPress site? Well, there are a few things that I think are almost mandatory for any WordPress site. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of them are free, which is great. Uh, Yoast, Y-O-A-S-T, is a free SEO resource. You can buy a premium version of it, but it's not necessary completely. Um, So I, I like that because it gives you a direction for your keywords. It doesn't do keyword research. Uh, you should do that through um, Google Keyword Planner or there are some other free resources. Typically, I just use whatever Google provides, which they have a keyword planner tool that's in AdWords. Um, but Yoast is a great resource for once you get those, implementing them organically on your site. So on every page near the bottom of that page under where you're editing your text, you'll have a little a little box with your Yoast information and you can put in your keywords and it'll give you suggestions on how to improve that page. Uh, so you can type in, let's say you're a restaurant and you sell burgers, you could type in uh, the best burgers in town, which is kind of a, a, a niche little um, keyword, long tail keyword, um, and that's fine. But if you type that in, it will give you suggestions like, uh, hey, this your keyword isn't in your URL and you should suggest uh, they suggest adding that and if it was a page that already existed for a number of years or months or whatever it is um, they'll advise you to do a redirect from your old to your new they'll tell you to put it in your meta descriptions which you can edit through Yoast which is super important Uh, meta descriptions are incredibly invaluable to your site and where you're coming up in search or part of it. There's there's a lot to do with SEO and, and uh, Jeff, I know Jeff talked about that with Mike on the last episode of um, the Design Hustle, Hustle show, so you can go back and, and uh, listen to that if you want more SEO advice, but I like Yoast for, 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 um, for doing that SEO stuff. It makes it really easy. Another free resource that I like is WordFence. WordFence is a security plugin. It will alert you on attempts if people are trying to log into your site which even if you're a small site, it happens more than you'd think. Um, I I really don't even have anything up on my site, and I, I think I still see like attempts like here and there, people trying to log in. Um, this last week I had uh, <coughs> um, multiple attempts. I think I it counts the number of attempts from and what country it's from, and there was one day, in one day, 3,614 attempts from Russia. Right, and that makes sense for your site because it's 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 not a small site. No, it's not. But and it's not huge, but it's not small. It it's also like there's really not. I mean, they're probably trying to get my my uh, domain authority, uh, you know, my whatever I've got right. for positive um, presence on on the internet. But um, there's really nothing there. Once, if they were to get in, there's really nothing. There. <laughs> 
Yeah, the most they're going to yeah. do is, is mess your site up. And uh, I know if you're a small business owner, that's not what you want to be dealing with at, no. uh, at, at 7 o'clock in the morning when you first wake up and you're starting your day and you're getting all your ducks in a row and you look at your site and it's it's all messed up and you look at, uh, you know, someone hacked it in and they realized they couldn't take anything from you, so they just, they just messed it up. Yes. which happens sometimes uh, <laughs> I know you've run into that at least once yes yes it's uh, at it's, least once recently yes it's it's yeah. not good um, and um, but WordFriends WordFriends they in addition to what they what they offer as far as protection they offer like um, help and recovery if you were to get hacked right um, I've never had to use that but yeah for us we <clears throat> I mean I make backups almost all the time you know on the sites that I are, or sites that are are in a, um, important, not so much mine. Again, I don't have anything on my site. <laughs> uh, all of all of my suggestions are coming from my clients' sites that I use. That I have a bunch of these on. Um, so yeah, WordFence is again it's one of those invaluable things where it's free. So why wouldn't you have that added level uh, layer of protection? Um, <clears throat> moving on, I th I think something everyone should have it's. You don't see a lot of sites without contact forms. Right. And if you're trying to build one yourself, I know you can. You can you can do that through HTML, CSS, and PHP. You need PHP to handle the requests, which may or may not be a little too technical. Um, but essentially what it does is it tells the HTML side where you're entering in all your information and says, hey, take the information and then do something with it, which is normally send an email to me with the right. information. Um, there's a plugin that I use called Contact Form 7. It is, it's been around for a long time. It's pretty basic. It is maybe one of the most basic contact form plugins that you can have. But it's free and it works and I haven't had any issues with it. There are some extensions you can also download which are free. There's a CAPTCHA plugin that works um, alongside Contact Form 7 where you can add an easy CAPTCHA. CAPTCHA is basically uh, when you're on a, a page and it asks you to type in um, some letters and numbers, it basically proves that you're a human. So it tries to reduce the amount of spam you'll get from those contact right. forms, which is super nice. <clears throat> um, I know there are a bunch of other form plugins out there, and I know it's, a good portion of them are paid plugins, um, like Gravity Forms, Ninja Forms... Uh, any thoughts on those? Um, the I, I really actually haven't used a lot of the paid contact form plugins. Um, I'm sure they're nice. I'm sure they have their benefits for being a paid plugin. If you are going to go with a paid plugin, I think that's great. I think if you're going to go the road of um, having something that's more premium, that's, that's nice. And uh, certainly will probably make things easier on on you in the future but if you're someone that's like a really small business or is just starting out and you just need to save some money or get something up i would i would recommend the free ones but if you're you know you know getting headaches over over making things with free plugins uh yeah explore the explore the paid options it's normally worth it in the long run to pay 20 bucks you know mm -hmm. between 20 and and, and 45 dollars no there, Oops, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, you and I have both had experience with using Wufu. Oh yeah. Um, Wufu doesn't have a plugin necessarily, but no, it doesn't. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I actually really like Wufu, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, we use it. I use it at work, mm -hmm. so I don't. I don't. Have, I have no idea what the the pricing structure is for that. I don't know if you do. It, it's it's affordable. They just raise their price. Uh, I'm using Wufu, um, and I think it's uh, I've got a hundred forms, uh, thousand entries per month, um, and it's about forty bucks. Oh yeah, that's, that's forty bucks for a single, or is that a month? For for uh, per month. Per month. Per month. Okay. Um, and you know all of the the form entries are there. I mean, <clears throat> hundred forms, thousand entries a month. I never max that out I haven't yeah. met I have yet um, right. but um, but yeah I mean it's it it does the job it does it really nicely it's easy to use um, yeah all of those things plus there are a cool uh, assortment of things you can do with Wufu and uh, you can add branching and logic 
with with wufu forms and, and what that means is let's say um you want someone to make a choice on your form and then you want something else to show up after someone's made that choice like hey do you want to answer this question yes or no and then you hit yes and then another box pops up like well here's the question that you you said you were going to answer um and it's as simple as that you just go and you add it in the back end it's all very logical and straightforward um you can do that you can set up when you want your form to show and not show so if you're running a promotion let's say and it's only running for a week instead of remembering to turn your form off uh like maybe you are using something and uh you know your promotion ends and all of a sudden you you start you're still getting people signing up for your thing you're like oh this isn't a thing anymore now i gotta write a mass email telling everyone hey sorry (laughs) this uh promotion isn't going on anymore we're sorry for any confusion and that's that's a big time waster with wufu you can schedule your forms to turn off so when they go to the page let's say you would plan to take it down but you didn't have the time to do that yet or you didn't have the resources or your designer was busy with something else and didn't get around to it which uh, get a new designer um <laughs> you can call me or jeff uh <laughs> shameless self-promotion hey, hey. um but uh, what you can do in Wufu is you can schedule that form to turn off and you can say don't display it anymore so when they go to the page it'll just say sorry this form is no longer accepting submissions which is very very nice um, so yeah Wufu's Wufu's great it's not a plugin uh, per se but it's very nice it's a great external resource you can you can use for your business and it uh, it makes it easy to um, integrate with WordPress um, you just copy and paste <clears throat> and um, it couldn't really be easier. I mean, a, a plugin would be easier, yes, but you know that specific um, external thing. It couldn't be easier. They give right. you the the code. You just copy and paste it right into wherever you're editing your text. Um, and we can talk a little bit about editing text in WordPress. That's one of the. I mean, we we already talked about this. We know we're we're going over, but um, one of the last ones is is a visual editor that we'll talk about and touch upon later. Um, the next one I have is WP uh, WordPress Super Cache or any kind of caching plugin. Anything that you can add to your site, um, I like free resources, this WP Super Cache is free. Um, anything that you can say, hey, delete the cache off my site. It's too often where, um, at least Jeff and I, are we're building a, a page and we make a change and maybe we see it because we've cleared our cache in Google Chrome or Mozilla Firefox or uh, whatever other browser. I mean, those are the two we typically tend to use. Um, unless we're debugging and then we're using everything that, that's available to us and whatever anyone else uses. But <clears throat> with, um, with, with making changes like that, not everyone's gonna be clearing their cache. So you might make a change and your customers or users may or may not see that change until they've cleared theirs. So it's a good thing to have that level of control where you can tell your site, hey, take all the information out and refresh. That way, whenever anyone goes to your site, they'll see the change you made, which might not always be apparent. I mean, you can make a change and then there might be a user that's visited your site and downloaded the information from it and they just don't see that style change you made. Right. So it's nice to have something. Um, I've noticed, because um, occasionally, um, Supercache won't work for me on, on a certain installation. Yeah. Um, so what I'll use is W3 Total Cache. Oh, yeah, that's um, also good free, does the same thing, easy to use, um, but worth it. Definitely worth it, speeds mm. things up. Um, having those, one of, or both of those, not both, but one or the other of those um, is a great addition to um, your WordPress site. Yes, I agree. Um, the next thing on my list is it's kind of optional mm-hmm. what's not optional is using some kind of analytics which for me it's Google I, I love Google yes if they yep. they handle everything really well yes um, so I use Google Analytics and you can install tracking codes yourself if you're on WordPress you can go into your theme and go into um, if you've made a child theme go into that copy your header and then paste the code in, in the header PHP which if you have the access to FTP into your backend, into your PHP files, you can do that. Or you can download uh, Google Analytics for WordPress by Monster Insights and you, it takes care of it. It's, yes. it's super, super simple, it's free. Um, so if you're someone that doesn't have 
a lot of uh, experience with going into your FTP files through some kind of FTP client like FileZilla or what do you use, Jeff? I use um, Fetch. Fetch, that's right. Um, either one of those. If you don't have experience with that, you can download this plugin and it kind of takes everything, uh, takes care of everything for you. And if you're not using Google Analytics, I would suggest you do that. It's it's helpful to see what people are doing on your site. Mm -hmm. um, oh, absolutely. In, in, in any level, because if, if you are expecting people to go to your site and buy something, if you don't know what they're doing when they get there, how can you make your site better? Exactly. They might get to your homepage and not know where to go. And they might maybe bounce around to a couple pages and then book it off your site. But if you have your analytics installed and you have it attached to either this plugin or on your site somewhere in your PHP, then you'll know, oh, hey, um, I, I, can, uh, I can maybe change this and maybe that'll help. And you can start making changes like that and um, hopefully increase your conversion rates and, and improve your site goals and yeah. all you of that can, stuff. Um, this is also, you have to set up Google Analytics before you do this. Oh, right, right, right. That's a big thing. <laughs> Trying to set, you know, have that work without having a Google Analytics account this is not going to work for you. And Google um, Analytics is free. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's free super, resource. super, super easy to set up. Um, Bing also, uh, if you're using Yoast, um, Google Analytics in Yoast uh, will um, kind of work into those settings as well. Um, another uh, kind of stepping back a little bit with um, the. Um, Yoast settings is mm -hmm. Google Webmasters. Oh um, yeah, and that is another good thing to add into Yoast um, because it tells you a lot more. You can add your sitemap, have Google index things faster. Um, so that other things that kind of go along with these plugins that you'll need to do. They're free. They're reasonably easy. Mm. Um, if you don't know how to do it, um, you can certainly call one of us. Uh, Jeff or Jesse, um, or or you can um, check out the Google step by step. You know how do I do this online? Uh, yeah, some good. Google is really really great at documenting what you have to do, in in any step in any kind of uh, resource that they have, whether it's creating an API or um, an SDK kit, or you know setting up analytics or any of that. There's a lot of stuff you can do with Google, and it it's all well documented um, and most of the plugins here also do the same thing if you're on wordpress.org and you're looking for a plugin and you don't understand how it works you can either reach out to the um, the plugin author which is whoever developed the plugin or you can see normally an FAQ section or uh, they normally have documentation I was using um, an events plugin and I don't have this written down here because it's not not everyone needs an events plugin right it's it's you know site by site basis, um, but they had it was it was a it was a free resource, and they allowed you to go in and make your own custom fields and webhooks and all this other great stuff. It was a plugin built for developers basically, and if you didn't know what to do or you weren't maybe you're just getting into developing stuff, they had documentation on everything, and it was great. Yeah, it allowed me to do a bunch of stuff on a client site. Um, so really good props to that. Maybe I can look it up and Jeff can say a little thing about it later. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It, it took a little while to, to get around all the language and stuff, but it helped that everything was there and well documented and, um, and yeah, there was something I had to do with Google to get an API and all of that interconnected and it was fantastic. Um, I do have some like non-mandatory site-by-site basis plugins that I'm going to reference, um, one is the first one is WP Slider. It's just a sliding gallery plugin. It's super simple. It's free. Um, a lot of the things I use are free. I try and use all the free things that I can because if if I can get away with not paying for something that's legal, uh, why wouldn't I? Right. You know. Right. If it works and it works well and it's free, then I will use it all day long. I'll use it on every site. It does not matter. I I personally am not going to pay for something I don't have to. Um, you might want to, if if you want something that you know allows you to do some more stuff without breaking into the CSS or the PHP and editing a bunch of stuff that you don't have access to. 
All right, here's a quick question for you. Sure. Um, when you're deciding on whether or not you're going to use a plugin for a certain task, how do you go ahead and? Because I mean, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of plugins. Oh on, yeah. You know, on WordPress, how do you decide what plugin you're going to use, uh, free or not, and what? How do you make that decision, basically? Well, um, research. There is nothing more simple than than um, the research. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I could I could give you a bunch mm -hmm. of um, I, I, ideas and like uh, ideologies to why you should go and it, it, it all comes down to how much time you're going to spend looking up what you need and how many things you're going to compare. Um, so what I'll do is, well, the first thing I'll do is I'll just either go to wordpress.org or I'll go to Google and I'll type in so such and such plugin. So if I need, um, an appointment scheduling plugin, I'll go and I'll, I'll just type in appointment scheduling plugin for WordPress to Google and it'll give me a list and I will open up the top 10 at the very least. I'll open up the top 10, um, plugins and new tabs and I'll just start checking out reviews and an important thing about reviews is understanding the language of reviews because there are some plugins out there and well there's some about anything online Amazon Yelp right. plugins they'll be super ecstatic about the product and you have to be careful to understand that it may have been written by the author or a friend of the author like I know companies that um, they just basically ask their friends to write reviews right. and um, I mean it's it's a little biased it's a little cheaty i do have one company that they ask their friends to write reviews but the friends they ask have had repairs done at this place well that's good i mean at least it's legit yeah it's it's legitimate where like they definitely had experiences with like they came in and he treated them like customers and it's easier to ask your your friends um, but it's even better if they've actually gone through the process and they can touch upon specific things. Mm -hmm. So if there's a general like this plugin is great and I really love it, probably not written by someone who has the plugin downloaded and has been using it. Um, but if they say this plugin's great and here's why and that why wasn't mentioned anywhere in the plugin description, that's probably a good thing. The other thing I like to do is I like to look at the one stars. So even if there's just five of them, if there are five one stars and they all touch upon the same issue, that's probably an issue you're going to experience. Right. And that's true with anything. You can go to Amazon products and look at one stars. And if they are like, this broke after a week, it's probably going to break after a week. <laughs> I mean, you might get lucky, like one of the four stars or five star reviews, but um, I would I would go with the majority on anything like that. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just compare like this one's $215 and it gives me, you know, these things. Um, and this one's $45 and it doesn't give me some of the premium options like it doesn't allow me to change the styling or it doesn't allow me to do a certain feature um, but I just weigh that on what I need so right. some people might not need to be able to um, book uh, services and simultaneously check out and pay for those services at the same time mm -hmm. uh, some people might just need to like display an event and have people look at it and decide whether or not they're gonna go to it and those are two totally different plugins right um, so yeah, it's it's it, it it comes down to how much time do you want to spend into your research and how much time do you have available to do that. I I've spent anywhere up to like two hours just looking at stuff, yeah, and that, that's that's I mean a fair amount of time to research. I mean mm -hmm. if you're if you're spending like five minutes trying to evaluate ten plugins, then you're probably not doing a great job researching. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't I would never recommend trying to pick something in five minutes there's too much out there right. and there's and there's not enough time in the world for us to talk about what you should and should not have especially since all your sites are going to be different right i mean even if they're two restaurant sites they're probably not going to be the same same types of layouts and you know you're probably not going to offer the same types of things and some sites are going to have call ahead booking some sites aren't right um so it's it's all it's all very specific when it gets down to that level um so yeah, I hope that answered the question. Yes, of, yeah, that, that, that yeah. that's great. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. We're going to take a quick break and get right back to the conversation. But first, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? There's really no better place to host your podcast than on Blueberry. 
With Blueberry Podcast Hosting, you have unlimited downloads. It offers PowerPress, a Blueberry WordPress plugin that allows you to upload and publish right from your WordPress site, and it integrates with iTunes and creates an RSS feed for syndication. Sounds pretty cool, right? Sign up today and get one month of podcast hosting free. Simply click the Blueberry web banner on our website at designhustleshow.com and enter the code DESIGNHUSTLE to take advantage of this offer. Blueberry, the best podcast hosting, statistics, and more. Featuring PowerPress, the WordPress plugin that ensures speed and simplicity in sharing your podcast with your listeners. Try it today. But for now, let's continue the conversation. Jesse still has some must-have WordPress plugins to share, as well as his favorite design resources that he uses frequently. Let's get back to it. Um, another free resource that you may or may not need, but I use sometimes, is Pop-Up Maker. Mm-hmm. Pop-Up Maker is a neat little resource. It's another free plugin. It allows you to make pop-ups on your site. Uh, so let's say you want someone to fill out a form, which is... I mean, there are better ways to, to do that on a site. I typically tend to either put it in a sidebar or put it in the footer um, or put it maybe somewhere in the header if it makes sense. Not always. Right. Um, but uh, you could essentially, like, uh, someone gets to your site, and then once the site loads, the event triggers. And it could trigger immediately, could trigger after a couple seconds, could trigger on a scroll. Um, it's basically going to say, once this thing happens then show this and what it does is it makes a pop-up on your site that says hey if you really like our content then fill out this form um, you could do something which it's a little less intrusive in my opinion you can attach it to an element on your page so let's say you are on a blog and you want people to read the blog and if they read the whole blog you want them to fill out a form well if they scroll down to a certain point you can have an element on the page it's like uh, Maybe it's a contact us button. Maybe it's just an empty div that has an ID attached to it that says pop-up form and basically you can tell the pop-up to um, Once it sees that on the page at a certain point whether it hits the header or the footer or whatever um, To show the pop-up and it says hey you read our entire entire blog post. You must really like us consider liking us more by visiting our Facebook or you know subscribing to our e-letter or anything like that um, so it's a nice little thing to have. I actually use that on a site, um, and I, I don't use it as intended. I use it to tell people that the office is closed because the office closes kind of frequently sometimes, or it's um, the the guy takes a, a few days off to do something. Uh, so it, it basically, it's it's an onload thing, and it onloads on every page. Just because important thing, people aren't always going to your homepage. Right. If they're searching you on Google, they might go directly to a product page or an about page or a contact page. So I have that load on every page just to be safe. Uh, it just basically says, hey, we're going to be out of the office until such and such time. And it's an easy way to make that notice instead of going in and editing all of your contact information or editing a page that someone might not see. That's a good idea. Yeah. So um, if they're going to the site, hey, we're not going to be here. Just FYI, we'll be back on this day. And it's just, okay. I, so it, what, maybe last year I think it was I had heard that Google was going to start cracking down on sites that have really intrusive yes. pop-ups like the ones that cover the entire screen yep. um, and and there's nothing worse than going to a site that has you know all right so you get to the site immediately you get a pop-up mm-hmm. right you close that you start reading down you get another pop-up and then you close that, and then you are able to get down to the end of the blog or whatever. Then you get the pop-up you were mm-hmm. describing. But that, I mean, how many pop-ups really should you have on a page, in your opinion? How many pop-ups should you have on a page? Yeah, Zero. if any. <laughs> Zero. All right, I mean, fair enough. The, 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 the idea behind pop-ups, uh, for me, is don't use them if you don't have to. Right. So the, the one site that I do use it on is that one where it's a notice, where right. it's... It, it puts someone on notice where it says, hey, we're not going to be here, which is super important right. to customers so they don't show up thinking that you're open. Um, but if you're just trying to like get someone to fill out a form, like I said, there are better ways to do that. You can put it in different places more strategically where it's 
it's apparent and it's present and you can direct people to those forums without it being intrusive. People right. don't like to be messed with when they're online. No, they do. Because I'm a web dev, when I get to a site that has a pop-up that doesn't allow me to progress until I filled something out, do you know what I do? I inspect the page, I display none, I clear all the styling, and I reset the JavaScript to allow me to scroll. I've done that numerous times. I bypass that stuff. I don't like to see it. Users, users don't like, yeah, I, I, I hate it so much. Um, and what you said about Google cracking down on sites that have intrusive pop-ups, yes, they are doing that. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, that thing with at the bottom, um, that's probably that's probably fine because that's not so much a pop-up anymore as it is. Um, uh, I don't I don't really know the the word I'm looking for here, but it's like, like it's a unique little experience where it's not intrusive. They've read your thing; they're interested. It's like, hey, we know we understand you're interested now based right. on a logical uh, standpoint. So, oh yeah, well I read your whole blog post, so I'll consider this. Right. But if you get somewhere you've never been before and you're immediately, like if you walk into a store that you've never been to and you're immediately approached by a sales rep, hey, what can I do for you today? I've never been in here. So just give me a minute to, to breathe. Right. That's the same thing on your site. Hey, you've never been here. Do you want to sign up for a newsletter? I don't even know what you're about. So just hold on and let me look at some stuff first. Yeah. Well, in, in the instance where, you know, if you get down to the bottom of the page and you're hit by three oh, yeah. pop-ups, then that's... I will almost always leave a page yeah. because of that. And even if it's content that I'm really looking for, I'll leave a page because of that. Yeah. Just because principle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, oh, also, avoid pop-ups on mobile at all costs. Uh, yes. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Uh, one, it's hard to fill that stuff out on mobile, especially in a pop-up, because you're adding padding to the element. Now it's super, super small. Um, and secondly, Google is totally against pop-ups on mobile. Just delete them now. Find and a different way to implement them. Pop-up maker allows you to disable it on mobile. They do. Which is nice. Yeah, they're very nice <laughs> like that. And I think they, uh, I might be getting this wrong, but I think they have a little, a little thing about like the size you should have it at could be wrong though i think so i mean if um, not then you know just kind of use your your best 20 um, percent of the screen right which again it's it varies screen to screen they're not all the same size what we yeah. designed for is, is a range right um so i would take the average screen size which i think now is around 1366 or something like that is the average of, of the width the height um, I would I would go for this I would always go the smallest on that one so the screen size probably around 700 pixels so 20% of that should be whatever the size your pop-up is so it should be relatively small yeah and it also doesn't have to cover the whole screen and, and have an overlay it could just be a, a, a small pop-up in the upper right hand corner you know something as simple as that um, next free plugin mandatory um, some people might like it some people might not it's WP post page clone. So what that does is it allows you to, let's say you've made a page, let's say you've totally styled out a whole page, and there are a couple ways you could do this. You could either copy all that information, paste it into a new page, right? right. If, if, you're, if you want to maintain the same structure and just want to change a couple things, you could do that. Or with this plugin there, it adds a little option to, to the options under pages where you'll have like trash or uh, quick edit and all that stuff. It'll add a, a clone, a clone button, and it just makes a duplicate of the page. It's super nice. Uh, so then you don't, it, it removes a couple steps, but it's not, in my opinion, super necessary. If you're using a visual editor, it's a lot easier to do that. Right. Potentially. I mean, there are a couple <laughs> of different ways you can do visual editor edits between pages, but um, having that little button to click once and then you change a couple things, very, very simple. Um, WP limit login attempts. Um, Jeff mentioned this before we started, but uh, I guess a lot of hosts implement that on your WordPress site, depending on who it it'll, is. Yeah, it'll be one of the um, the automatic installs uh, mm -hmm. when you up when you install the WordPress installation um, to begin with. It just comes in with Hello Dolly and limit login attempts. Um, sometimes you'll get. Um, uh, other such type security plugins. features yeah. or 
Um, and and usually what I do is is uh, remove Hello Dolly because it, yeah, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, um, and it takes your site longer to load if you've got more plugins activated and installed. And if you don't need it, then get rid of it. Do you it. want to tell people what Hello Dolly is? To be honest, the, I've... You've no idea? I have no idea because I never use it. And I just automatically delete it. Really? Yes, I do. Oh, you don't even know what it is? Hello Dolly is... It's a line from a, a song from a long time ago. And all it does is it loads a line from that song in the back end of your WordPress site. It's just a neat little, hey, look at what we can do. That's it. That's all it is. I think I've seen it. It'll pop down yeah. from the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not anything. I think, I, I think, and I this is hearsay, but I believe that what they did is they want to show you uh, just a small, this is a plugin, this is what plugins are and what it can do. And it might inspire you to say, hey, I can do something like that. And I think that's the idea because okay. WordPress is community driven and right. you can go in, you can create your own plugins relatively easily. I mean, I've created plugins and it's super simple mm. for, for a dev. Um, especially if you just want to handle like a new sidebar, you can create a, a plugin yourself and just put it on your site. It doesn't have to be published either. You can just right. make it locally. Um, so I think that was the idea with Hello Dolly. But yeah, it's it's useless to your site. It doesn't add any value to it. So just like take it that off. That was the only thing I've seen. I didn't realize if that was the only thing it does. Oh yeah, that's the only thing it does. All right, so that's why I deleted it. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting back to limit login attempts. Uh, it's a good one. Sometimes hosts will use Loginizer, um, but limit login attempts is usually the um, standard for, for WordPress uh, to load in um, automatically. But... Um, yeah, good one to have. Yeah. yeah, I think the name speaks for itself. Yeah, what it does is exactly what the name. It limits login attempts. So if yeah. people are trying to log into your site from other countries, hey, can't do that after four or five or whatever it is that you set it to. Um, plugin vulnerabilities. Next free, I believe free, plugin. I think. I don't know if we vetted that. <laughs> you can look that up yourself, and then you uh, let us know if it's free. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's a good one though. It'll tell you if there's any because. Honestly, if, if someone's going to get into your site, it's probably going to be through a plugin that hasn't been updated or has a vulnerability within it. Um, so that's the kind of thing that you want to always make sure the plugins are up to date, free or not, um, and just make sure that they don't have any vulnerabilities. If they do, feel free to contact the um, the, the, the creator of the, the plugin because if they mm -hmm. don't know, then... It, chances are you're not the only one with that problem. Right. And WordPress has a really great community that's driven by developers and users uh, together where you can find forums and support threads and all that stuff and you can contact them directly. And sometimes, yeah, it's, it's just as simple as creating a new thread and saying, hey, this is, this is broken. And maybe the author will say, oh, we didn't know that. We're sorry. We'll fix that right away. And then other people can say, oh, I had this issue too. And they can really see the magnitude of what's, what's happening. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a nice little thing to have. The the last plugin on my list, and there are so many we could go over, but we, I mean, it's unnecessary. These are, these are, these are yeah. necessary required. Not necessarily required, but we think they should be a requirement. Yes, <clears throat> they'll make your life a lot easier, or your uh, online life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one that I have is a paid plugin, and when back when Jeff downloaded it uh, years ago. It was Visual Composer. Visual Composer, yep. It, now it's WP Bakery Page Builder. Yep. So it used to be a little less expensive. Right now it's $45. Yes. And that's not bad for what it is for, and what it can do. Yeah. So when I make sites, I actually don't use this personally. Mm -hmm. um, not because I don't like it. Well, sometimes it gives me issues, but I think that's a case by case basis. Um, but typically, it's a very solid plugin. Mm -hmm. um, I don't use it because I I was always so used to coding everything by hand. That's just what I do personally now. Mm -hmm. I just code everything by hand, and it takes it uh, it takes longer. I'll say that right now. It takes a lot longer. But um, again, I like getting by with free stuff, and a lot of the sites that I, I build personally, I I don't, I don't need this on. Right. I did recently suggest this to one of my clients, though, 
because they want they're very design oriented um they actually do videography mm. um if you mind i can plug them no why not sure it's a uh, markinsmedia.com and we are currently in the process we're meeting sometime soon to go over uh her new website um this this plugin allows you to edit all of your posts visually so basically you can go in and there there are a couple different ways you can edit so there are a bunch of short codes that comes with the plugin that you can go in and you can edit the text and you can pull the short codes in and put all your information in that way which is kind of a, a big group of code that um which we can we can talk about in a second or you can edit in the back end of WordPress in a visual style where you can create page sections and rows and elements and you can break it all out and it's pretty easy to understand once you look at the front and back end at the same time. You can see, oh, well, this row does this and if I want a title, I just type in fancy title and oh, there it is, I, I drag that in and oh, look, there's my title and it gives you all the options to center and style and all that stuff and you can even add, and I think uh, WordPress bakery page builder has the that's the css on page or does I that load so. in? i think that's okay. a uh, a standard right feature which is nice because let's say you um have the same element on three pages but one of them you want styled differently for whatever reason mm -hmm. uh you can call to that on the page level so it doesn't affect your whole site yes which is very nice yes so instead of uh giving it a different class you can just call to the same thing on a different page and it's super super nice um, you can also edit on the front end, visually, completely visually, mm -hmm. which is new-ish. It's uh, it hasn't been around that long, but it works. I play with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, again, I I stick with what I'm used to, so I don't I don't really use it a lot. But but uh, if you're used to WYSIWYGs, it's similar to that. It's not exactly the same, and it's not exactly the same because it's much better. <laughs> right. I think anything is better as being more solid uh, code structure wise. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the WYSIWYGs, what ends up happening is it creates a bunch of uh, po position absolutes. And what that means is it takes an element and it puts it in a space on your page and then it stays there forever. It doesn't matter if you resize or whatever you do. The only way that changes is if you have a mobile version where you reconfigure everything and it gives new position absolutes. And I don't like that. It's not my favorite thing. I like responsive editing. I like responsive design. I like things to work across devices. Right. So with the visual editor here, um, it, it does that. So it builds the code in a way that is responsive natively, right. which is fantastic. Um, so you can go on the front end and see how everything looks as you're building it, which is very, very cool. And for 45 bucks, it is so, so, uh, such an invaluable resource for someone who doesn't know what they're doing with code. And they don't have the money to hire a designer and they need to get something up now and get something up that works and is solid. Right. Instead of using um, any other, I won't discredit any services because I haven't used them and I don't know whether or not they're actually, they could be good, I don't know. I don't like them. Um, but any <laughs> other kind of WYSIWYG page builder. Yes. WYSIWYG, by the way, is what you see is what you get. Right. Yep, um, yep. So, yeah, that pretty much covers all of the stuff that I wanted to talk about with plugins. All right, cool. You got uh, more design resources you want to share with us, what you like, what you use? Oh, sure, yeah, design resources. <laughs> um, I really only have a, a few. Um, and there's, there's one that I'm trying to think of. Oh, you know what? I just thought of a couple. Uh, we can talk about. Um, so one is Spoon Graphics. There's Spoon Graphics. Spoon graphics. A, a coworker turned me on to this. He uses them. He's used them for a long time, and uh, they're they're based out of the UK. Mm -hmm. Their site has freebies on on it. So it's a whole. It's a, like a design firm or a freelancer. I forget mm -hmm. which one. Um, but they have freebies on their site. You can just go and take, and they're just like, yeah, use them as much as you want. And they have some really great stuff. Huh. You can sign up to be a part of their their club, I think. I don't know how much that is. Um, but occasionally I'll get emails and it says, hey, for only, only for club members. And it will be a freebie that's just a little bit more nice or a, a little nicer than, yeah. than the other freebies you get. But the ones they have that you don't sign up for are pretty nice. And they're 
great for commercial product uh, projects and personal projects. Cool. So I recommend checking them out. They also have a bunch of tutorials nice. for stuff. And they're very comprehensive. So I like them a lot. Cool. Uh, Spoon Graphics. I'm going to mispronounce this, but in Envato Market, Envato, Envato, Envato Market, um, they have some neat stuff. Again, some of them are paid. I think some of them are freebies. There, they, there might be some freebies on there. Most of what's on there is paid, yeah. depending on what you're looking for. I mean, there's yeah. a, a huge collection of everything from video to WordPress themes to just you name it. It's it's there. Um, it, I and I think they do have like either monthly or weekly freebies. No. Um, different things that come out. It could be yeah. And I don't download a lot of the stuff. Like, I never download the themes. I only ever use one theme, and it's whatever WordPress theme is available. Like, if it's 2018 or 20s, it doesn't matter. I just take that, and I blow it out, and I make a child theme. Um, or I use, I actually use Basic a lot. There's a theme called Basic, hmm. and that has nothing in it. All it is is a responsive nav and a, a color, and that's it. So I, I like that because I, I don't like to start with anything that I have to break apart a lot. Um, but yeah, so they have a bunch of stuff. They have sales a lot where they have 50% off uh, resources that you'll get emails for and you can go in and check those out. So it's it's a neat little little thing. Um, another one which isn't super for websites per, uh, per se, but Audio Jungle mm -hmm. is a nice little thing. Uh, it's for audio clips. I use it in video editing a lot because I need little sound effects every now and then. And uh, I think they're all paid, but you can get a lot of it for like a buck. Some of it, it's it's very affordable. I mean, you can get a nice set of um, music with different lengths of tracks. Yep. Um, Thirty seconds up to two minutes, three minutes, um, for for twenty bucks or less. Right. You know, it's it, I found it to be you know really nice. And occasionally they are they have freebies, and you know. Are, they're worth it. <laughs> yeah, they are. Totally. Um, there are a couple the ones that I had just thought about. Uh, there are a couple of free resources that I use for images. I don't mind iStock. I don't love it. There's. I, I feel like there are too many people on iStock who are um, supplying images, and they get paid for those images. So the thing is, they want them found. So what they do is that sometimes they pump a lot of keywords that don't make sense. So if you're looking for something, you'll you, you run across things that don't make sense. Right. The reason is they're pumping in stuff that is kind of a little bit related because they want their image found. What they don't understand is no one's going to download it if they're searching for the wrong keywords. It's not what they want. Right. No one's ever looked for a grill and then found a sports car and go, oh, I need to download that. That's never happened. <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Uh, unless they're coincidentally working on uh, a home improvement store project and also a car dealership project where they need that specific thing. Right. And they're probably going to find it if they search it separately. Um, so I don't mind iStock, but I don't love it. So the ones that I do use, I use Unsplash.com. Unsplash. Unsplash. That's super nice. Uh, when I was using it a few years ago, it was just this kind of, not dinky site, but it was very minimalistic. So you didn't have a search, you didn't have anything on it, you just kind of scrolled down and it would show pictures. Mm -hmm. But the pictures are really nice pictures. Um, now they have a search and it's built up a little bit and it's still free. So you go and you look at uh, the pictures, you, you look at your search stuff and a lot of it, it's kind of artsy in, in my opinion, but they make for really great background shots. Yes. And they make for things that you could potentially extract and create something new out of. And it's all free. It's all commercially free. Uh, they might have some kind of standard license, so I would pay attention to that when you're downloading. Right. But for the most part, I don't even think you need attribution for those images. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I would. I would again. I would read the license and what their terms are because they they've changed a little bit. Um, but they're very nice. I like them. The next one is morgfile.com. If anyone doesn't know what a morgue file is, some designers will have a morgue file. Like they'll have a, a folder called morgue file or morgue or whatever. And it's basically just dead images 
that they've used in the past or plan to use or it's a collection of things that they might occasionally use sometimes mm -hmm. um, so com is like unsplash where it's uh, a bunch of free images that uh, you know you can use for personal commercial projects again i'm not sure of the accreditation on the images some sites when you download free images like that they're like you must say that this person it's an image from this person um, which if you're doing like a news blog and you need an image, those are great resources because it's so easy to have a small caption that says picture taken by so-and-so. Right. It's very, very simple. Um, and in that context, it makes a lot of sense because people are used to seeing that under, under those images. Um, if you're using it a background for, uh, image, I would, I would double check that, um, that license, but I'm pretty sure you don't need accreditation for any of these. Um, and the last one is Pixabay. What's that again? Pixabay. P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com. Okay. Pixabay. And uh, that's, again, similar to Unsplash and Morgfile. I'll bounce between all three because they're all three of them have different quality of photos and different, um, different assets that you can leverage. So I'll use the same search term for all three, and I'll just see what's out there. Mm -hmm. I find Unsplash to be the best at supplying high quality photos and with a, with a bunch of different types of um, it's sometimes pixabay and work file it's it's hard to find some that you need um, but I wouldn't count them out they have some great resources they're all free um, and and yeah I use them all the time actually very cool yeah excellent uh, some things that I that I use and some things that I don't and haven't heard of, about so thank you um, so if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to email either one of us. And uh, thank you, Jesse, for joining me. Yeah, and, um, it's great. Hopefully we'll do this again. Yeah, it sounds right. good. One last question. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite lunch stop? Uh, my favorite lunch stop? Um, one that I like the best right now is in Derry, which it's walking distance from my house. It's Jake D's, mm -hmm. and they have maybe... I don't know if it's the best roast beef I've ever had, but it's real close. They have hot roast beef sandwiches, and you get a super beef on an onion roll, and it's maybe my favorite thing in the world, um, comparable to another place that doesn't exist anymore, so I was really happy when I found it. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So Nick D's and Dairy. Jake D's. Jake D's. Jake D's and Dairy. Jake D's. Shout out to Jake D's and Dairy. Excellent. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Design Hustle Show. I hope you found some info you can use in your business or side hustle. Want us to cover something specific on the Design Hustle Show? Email us at design at dpigraphics.net and let us know. Tell a friend and check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Join me next time as I talk with another colleague of mine, Chris Busby as we discuss developing enterprise-level websites and how that process should work. We'll revisit a recent project we collaborated on and the process we used to arrive at the final product. So join us next time for that. Thanks for listening.